0: You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. It seems that every week we get honored, Shannon, by our listeners emailing us at feedback, at sexy marriage, and giving us insight into what goes on behind closed doors. Sometimes, you know, and
1: yeah, it, giving us a peek behind the man, intimate veil of their lives. I mean,
0: that's, it's humbling to think that, man, we get, we, we hear, we see a lot. We hear a lot as far as just the issues that people face, the, the successes, that they experience the struggles. I mean, man, it it becomes such a, I mean, the only word I can think of is it's honoring of Mm -hmm. man that uh, I love that sexy marriage radio has become a resource people turn to.
1: Yeah. And it's not a responsibility that we take lightly either. Not
0: at all. Not at all. And, and I love that our email, our listeners continually email us. I mean, we hear from some people quite a bit and I love that kind of, it's an ongoing relationship. And then we get some newcomers that come along and Hey, this is what's going on. And what do you think? And, and this is really what spurs future shows Mm -hmm. is, is our listeners and questions and topics and ideas. And, you know, uh, uh, even the emails we get of, man, I I don't know how you guys keep coming up with the topics, but they all seem to work. And I'm like, well, they we come up with them because of you guys. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I have frequently said that the topic of sexuality is so complex. We could learn about it every day of our lives and learn something new and never repeat the same information over and over. It's, it, it is a truly fascinating in depth. Topic. And yes. I I love having the opportunity to explore it with you, Corey Allen. Thanks for inviting me along Man, on this ride.
0: I am glad you're here with me because this you you've added a lot to the show and and the the, the breadth of what we've gone to and how far and the depth of, of some of them. I mean, it's it's just been great that and, and it's limitless, like you just mentioned. And I I'm still just sitting there thinking based on the last two shows we had. Uh, with Dr. Struthers of of how idiotic we really are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We thought we were the perts until we talked to Bill. (laughs) Man, Isn't he a brain worth picking?
0: Yes, completely. Can you
1: see why I have gone out of my way at conferences to buy him coffee and to actually, he's a diet Pepsi drinker, uh, and to just ask him questions? and, And I keep telling him, you know, there's lots of people out there philosophizing and theologizing about all things sexual. But I don't know of a voice that is scientifically based, right. who knows the research, who does the research, right. who can deliver information that it totally changes the landscape of how we view our own sexuality, especially how we view the brain part of of sexuality. And so I just wanted to mention to our listeners that The book that he has written is called Wired for Intimacy, and it is available at Amazon.com. Also, if you just go to YouTube and Google Dr. Bill Struthers or Dr. William Struthers, he has several really cool video snippets where he talks about things. And there was one topic in particular I just want to mention very quickly. When he was talking about pornography and what it does to the human brain, he uh he talked in one of these videos about how from an evolutionary perspective our brains were never intended to see multiple people engaged in multiple sex acts with multiple other people that our brains were wired to be visually stimulated by one person for a lifetime and that as they age our taste in what we find sexually attractive ages with it right. that we We form that bond to that one person and it just evolves throughout life. And he says, when we look at pornography and these images of other people over and over, he said, it's the same as as raping your own brain, that you're just introducing an unwelcome image as far as an evolutionary perspective goes that we need to be focusing on the welcome image of what our brain is actually wired toward right. to create that sexual bond with our spouse. So, anyway, go to Google. No, but
0: that, that, uh, I want to jump on that real quick because that leads right to where we need to go with this show, Shannon.
1: Great, great. Um, and I also wanted to mention that Dr. Struthers is working on other books and we will be sure and let you know when those come out. But this one is Wired for Intimacy and it's on Amazon.com. Yep. But yeah, what, what are you wanting to talk about today, Corey? Well,
0: because that whole, the idea is when you have pornography in your past, especially as a guy, there are there are fallouts that can happen in your marriage. And this is even beyond her discovering <laughs> porn usage and being betrayed and, and feeling betrayed. This is just—you can have uh, premature ejaculation issues. You can have erectile dysfunction issues. You can have arousal issues, which all those kind of go together— you have anxiety issues. You have performance issues. I mean, all of this kind of stuff, because of that rewiring, if you will, that you're talking about, can play out in marriage. And so
1: it so it it definitely affects your performance for the negative. Is what you're saying? It, it's,
0: it definitely can. I mean, I've heard of when you're talking about porn usage that. There's guys, these are young men in their 20s and 30s that are having erectile difficulties. And there's, there's discussion boards out there that are associated with your brain on, yourbrainonporn.com. And then I'm sure Dr. Struthers knows some others and has come across some that he, I think he re- referred to briefly. But you can have issues because you're not getting enough mental stimulation to produce the physical result you're looking for when hmm. it comes to just sex. With your, with your wife.
1: So, so that, that would explain why I've heard of men actually. At, well, Steve Arterburn, whenever we speak together, sometimes he'll tell this story about a, a guy who years ago got married and he was concerned that he wouldn't be able to perform on his honeymoon night with nothing but just he and his wife. So he slid a pornographic magazine under the pillow in case he needed to just kind of sneak a quick peek <laughs> of the cover okay. while he was making love to his new bride.
0: Uh so that's a whole different ball game but um, doesn't that
1: kind of i mean <laughs> yeah it, it, on the one hand it nauseates me and then on the other hand i just want to cry for him yeah it's like really pal really of this beautiful naked woman who's just committed her whole life to you and you might need to look at the cover of yeah. sports illustrated but cover uh, swimsuit edition yeah yeah
0: but if you're looking at it from the guy's perspective that is as an adolescent porn is a secret thing you know you don't want to get caught so it's it's very deceptive and it's it's You've got to steal moments, you know.
1: And there's an adrenaline rush that the, comes along the, yeah, with that. Yeah, and so
0: that adds that other side to it because what you're doing is quote-unquote wrong if you're looking at just societal, religious connotation. And so that means whatever you're doing, because typically pornography use is used for masturbation, and that means then it's quick because you don't want to get caught. So you can't have this long, prolonged, drawn-out thing with a magazine or an internet site or whatever. Right. Which if you project that out into married life, well, wouldn't your brain, if it's wired for a quick pleasure and be done fast, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to follow that path. I mean, pathways are like highways that it takes a little bit to rewire those things and make a new path. It follows the same path when you're talking about the context of what you're doing.
1: It's going to make you a very selfish lover. It's, right. it's going to feel more like a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, to his wife right. when it, he's just also, looking to gallop across a finish line. Right. It's
0: also finish line, or, or it's performance-based. It's outcome-based moments with your spouse. Then it becomes it's all about yeah. sex just to reach climax.
1: Right. It's it's all about just the ejaculation. Right. And so the money shot.
0: The way that'll play out then is you have the premature ejaculation issues, which is just. It's just, it's over way too fast because you can't, you don't have any control. And it's not just about being able to control when I come or not. It's, it's just, man, as soon as you get going, it's done. I mean, that's, that's the idea of a premature ejaculation. And then there's the ED where you just can't even really get going.
1: You know, for some reason, I have this image of like walking into Six Flags and someone saying, okay, you get to ride one ride of these 50 available and then it's time to leave the park. Like, like you don't even get to enjoy the full experience. Yeah. It's just a little, a, one little thrill and you're done. Right. Yeah. Sad. So,
0: so in essence, I mean, I'm thinking to help out, cause we've had some emailers that have touched on this topic before where, um, a couple of them have come in that have talked about just premature ejaculation issues. Um, and then some have come in talking about erectile dysfunction issues. And I mean, to me, they're all anxiety based that hmm. there could be physical things going on with, with, an, with an erectile difficulty. I mean, if you're talking about age later in life, well, yeah, but we're talking blood flow then. So you, it, there could be a physical issue that check with your doctor, check with testosterone levels, check you know those kinds of things that are physical. But a majority of the things that I see in my office whenever a topic comes up and we're talking sexual dysfunction and, with a man, A majority of them are anxiety based, and and it's just. And so, are
1: you saying that whether a man struggles with coming too fast or not being able to come at all, it could be rooted in a similar issue?
0: Yes. Well, it's it's coming from the same thing in my book, and it's and it's coming from not being able to relax with the anxiety because of the way the brain has wired everything based on past, and usually there's a, a connection to porn in there. Huh. So
1: That is fascinating. But I have to tell you that when you keep saying that it comes from a certain origin, my brain gets totally distracted by the whole pun of that also. If you could say it stems from, that would help me focus on everything else that you say after
0: that. I apologize (laughs) with my co-host audience. I didn't realize.
1: I I know. It's like I'm a teenage boy. Yeah, it's like I'm
0: in middle school all of a sudden again. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. So, Shannon, so that you can come along with me. (laughs) Ah, thank you for that one. i you
1: on this journey. Yes.
0: Um, no, so th- uh, what I'm thinking of is it, it, most of this requires just a rebooting, if you will. I mean, that's, yeah. if you think of it as a computer. It's a relearning. And obviously, you need more details with each individual person of what's going on. But to, to speak generally on, a, on both these, let's, let's talk with the premature ejaculation, and then let's talk ED. Okay, so with the premature ejaculation, if it stems from, did you like that one? If it if it stems from the idea of just there's a pornography tie in the background, so that means any type of sexual arousal needs to be done quickly, and that's pretty much what the brain has been trained. I came across um, from Dr. Robert Glover, who does no, he has the book No More Mr. Nice Guy. He has a chapter at the end of it, and I've never read anything like this. But he has a chapter at the end that's just entitled Healthy Masturbation. Hmm. And so I'm sitting there reading this book and just kind of going through going, man, because I have a whole lot of nice guy traits that I I have battled and and battle at times. And I get to the end, I'm like, okay, I've not ever come across this. And it's the idea of training yourself to just enjoy the sensations, not reach the finish line. Training yourself what feels good. Go slow, and the whole goal is you don't do it for climax. You just masturbate for the sensations to retrain your brain.: of, For
1: the relaxation of. Right, it. Right:
0: Well, for, OK, this is the part that feels good. It's not just stroke it till you're done. It's what parts feel like what, And what do you enjoy? Because you can get so caught up in just sex for climax sake that you miss all the sensations that surround it. And so you do have to kind of put all of the ending goal on hold to relearn some things.
1: Yeah. I find that very interesting because I had a woman attend one of my women at the well workshops and she had been married for like over 20 years. And, uh, the issue that brought her to this workshop is she had had two affairs but the interesting thing was that the affa- these affairs had not been with other men; they had been with other women, and so of course there were all kinds of roots and issues, you know, that we had to look at and explore as to what would draw her in that direction. But the thing that she said that always stuck in my mind, months after having met her, was she said, "When I'm with a female partner, it's not about." crossing a finish line or accomplishing a goal that it's simply more about taking time and enjoying each and every sensation. And I thought, you know, men probably could do a better job of learning that for a woman, it's not, Goal oriented. It's not. Let's hurry up and finish. It's. I want to bask in this. Right. I want to experience every nuance. And don't just touch me here where the elevator button is. Right. Touch me everywhere. What about the small of my back? What about the crook of my neck? What about the sides of my rib cage? What about my toes? You know. What about my belly button? There's all these other body parts that could be savored and enjoyed if the man wasn't so orgasm driven.
0: Well, and it, and it's also then so erection driven because you can get to where you're going at it and you start getting this whole spectatoring mindset which is where you're focusing on your performance not being a part of what's going on
1: not your partner right, right. and what your partner might enjoy
0: right and so if you start to lose it quote unquote it's it's very it's a huge growth step to be able to c- confront yourself enough in the and I'm speaking directly to men that have had a moment cuz I've had this happen where you're going along, and all of a sudden, yeah, I'm. I can't keep going. You know, I'm kind of losing it here. So it's a huge growth step to be able to step up and say, "Honey, I need to. Sh- I need to shift to something else for a little bit," and you kind of re reestablish something, another type of connection, mm-hmm. and that's where you can regain your erection again. Sometimes, and. But it's, it's that idea of I don't have to follow a script. And that's what pornography and masturbation largely does is it just ingrains a script.
1: Right. That, that things go from zero to 100 very quickly and they stay at 100 until you run out of gas.
0: Right. And so you can have th- some deviations to this are where maybe you don't have any P- PE issues in certain positions, but in other positions you do. And that could be vi- that's tied to what the, s- the meanings are. Because I've heard of several that talk about where they have either lost their erection or they come way too fast whenever she's on top. And hmm. t- to me, Shannon, this is in your wheelhouse of now all of a sudden we're talking about something from the past where you have given up power. So you just want it to be over. And hmm. guys can do that, but we don't realize we're doing that to ourselves. And so that's a retraining of okay, maybe we need to just t- slowly get back into this where she's on top for just a little bit and then we switch back. Or, I mean, and that's that's this whole thing that we always are proponents of with Sexy Marriage Radio is have a conversation as things are unfolding and use yeah. words when necessary,
1: <laughs> yeah, and debrief afterwards, right? Again, no pun intended, but right. just talk about you know okay, how did that position work for you? And what I like to encourage couples to do is never look at your sexual encounter as a one position thing. Try at least two or three different positions during that that one lovemaking session just to experiment and explore and and see what really works. And what works one day may not work nearly as well another day. You're going to have to this is just part of life that yeah. it evolves and things have to change and you have to regroup and redirect and renavigate different waters. And yeah. Yeah. So very interesting that do you, now, is it just the visual stimulation of watching his wife on top of him? Well, is this, I, because I remember, I remember we, we had talked one time about how when a woman is on top, the blood flow isn't as strong to the penis right. as if, if, if he's on his knees right. or standing up.
0: Right. And yeah, it, it's that, but it also can have something to do with power that lots of guys don't like to be overpowered. They could sit hmm. here and say, and, and if you disagree with this heavily, f- fellas, email me at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. I'll take you on. Let's go. But it's this idea of, I would love for my wife to overpower me sexually. Mm-hmm. I think deep down, lots of men are really scared of that because you have to surrender for that to happen and, interesting. To, and to stay in it, you know, because lots of times the, the performance things come up because you just, you're uncomfortable. And so the anxiety takes over. So you lose your erection or the anxiety when it takes over and spikes, it comes out in a sexual manner. So you, so you just orgasm quickly.
1: Now, see, I found that very interesting because recently I heard someone talking about how when women have been sexually abused in the past and they have lost their power in regards to their sexuality, that oftentimes what's helpful for them is to feel as if they are able to regain their sense of power by being on top, by being in control. So, Again, a couple is just going to have to be very communicative with one another about what works for each of them and why.
0: Yep, and be communicative with yourself, as odd as that sounds. I was just
1: about to say, (laughs) you you can't explain it to your spouse until you understand it yourself. Please look at the psychology of why you like what you like and why you prefer to do what you do. It is so vital for your spouse to understand the psychology behind it.
0: Well, and it's it's a growth opportunity when those kinds of things happen because it's one of those chances to confront yourself beyond just sexually, but just confront yourself as a human, confront yourself as a man, conf- confront yourself as a woman and, mm-hmm. and really challenge. Okay. What is this saying? What does this mean to me? Cause I can think of the times where early in my marriage, when Pam would initiate sex and I turned her down, when I look back on those she was trying to out me, quote-unquote. Huh. And, and I was uncomfortable with that. Even though my brain was saying, I would wish you would initiate more. But the time <laughs> she did, she wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't do it. And it, so it's like, what in the world? Because it was making me confront some things in my life to realize, okay, wait, I don't have to be in charge with this. I can sit back and relax. Because we can do this pseudo... Shannon, you've been married long enough. I'm assuming you know where I'm going or have experienced this. You can do this where, oh, yeah, I'll let you be in charge, but really I'm dictating how it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, So that's the way sex unfolds if you get into the complexities of it. So learning how to just truly relax, be present, be engaged, and not disconnect because you can have sex with somebody and be miles away.
1: Well, and realize that it isn't just about what you find hottest and most pleasurable. It's about what your spouse would find hottest and most pleasurable. Right. And so if she feels the need to be on top in order to feel like she's regaining a sense of power or control that was robbed from her long ago— What skin is that off of his nose? You know, like just let her be on top if it makes her feel better or let her be on bottom if it makes her feel safer. Or, you know, it's be interested in what works for your partner. It's not just about you.
0: But then you run into she wants to be on top and he loses his erection every time. So she can't accomplish what she's seeking if he can't be there for her in that manner.
1: Yeah, that, that's where I would recommend something like an erection ring from CovenantSpice.com. dot uh, com, yep. or you know some sort of some sort of way to, or, or maybe it's he starts out and he ends on top, but somewhere in the middle, it's it's understood that she's going to turn the tables, okay. get on top for just a little bit, and then back to, to where maybe it's not so long that the erection is lost.
0: Could it? Could you also? I don't know how much this ties with women, but if. Could she regain some power? Because the the prescription I give with couples that have this that have ED issues is you lay beside each other. She's on her back, he's on his side. Mm-hmm. She strokes him while he pleasures her with his fingers. Mm-hmm. And because typically, if you don't, if the if the focus is not him, it's all her. And as she becomes more engaged in that, in that time, oftentimes most of the men that I've used this prescription with report back, I didn't have much trouble getting an an erection because as she got more engaged and involved, it turned me on.
1: As she got engaged, she got engorged. Right. Yeah. And and what turns a man on most is a really turned on woman. But
0: can can a woman regain her power in that manner some, though? I mean, I I don't... I I
1: think that's up to the woman.
0: Okay.
1: I think that that is totally up to the woman. Um, And I think it's according to what story she tells herself in her mind. Yeah. You know, for men it is so physically and visually driven the sex act for a woman it is so narratively driven it is so emotionally driven so the story that you're telling yourself in your mind of what this means and what it symbolizes what it represents is vital to a positive experience because 95 percent of a woman's orgasmic abilities resides not between her legs but between her ears right so what story is she telling herself in her mind to give her the comfort and control and the the ability to have that sexual release in his presence. Now, I, I wanted to say that for women listening in on this conversation about premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction, some of us are probably thinking, we're glad we don't have to deal with that. Uh, and I hope that women will hear uh, what we're saying and develop some sympathy because I don't envision that any teenage boy who finds pornography on the internet is actually thinking let me see what i can rob my wife of 10 <laughs> years from now 20 years from now right. 30 years from now yeah you know, he's he's not setting out to undermine right. his ability to perform sexually in marriage right. if anything he's thinking i need to learn what to what to do so i can make my wife happy someday you know so let's have some sympathy for the fact that our husbands had no idea what they were doing to themselves or their marriage bed in the future by getting addicted to this pornography stuff. But no woman, we don't wrestle with premature ejaculation. I wish that we did. I've never heard a woman say, well, I just come too fast. I don't know what my problem is, (laughs) but I I do think that we can sympathize more with erectile dysfunction of the inability to orgasm. Um, and like, I know that one of our uh, most recent emails that we received was from a woman who says, you know, she's never been able to orgasm and that. She, you know, doesn't understand, you know, what's wrong with her is even questioning if she's asexual. Um, the reality is, is that ladies, it, it takes, it takes time to discover and it takes practice. And I just, like you mentioned a, a chapter called healthy masturbation and a book called no more Mr. Nice guy. Well, I don't know of a book out there that has a chapter in it about healthy masturbation (laughs) for women, but I am actually thinking about writing one. So if you have any thoughts or stories you'd like to share, be sure and email them to us. But the notion of you have to be the one to discover what, arouses you to the point of orgasm. No one can discover this for you. And getting angry at your husband that he hasn't figured out how to trip your trigger yet is so not fair because right. he doesn't have a vagina and he doesn't know what feels best to you. Right. And and so all kinds of practical things that you can do to just discover these hot spots for yourself. Go on your own self-explorative journey. Apart from your husband, if necessary, if you can do it in his presence, more power to you. That, that'd that be really great. But the reality is, is you, in order to really focus and concentrate on nothing more than just you and what you find pleasurable and how to trip that trigger, you, you, it may need to be a solo experience the first time or two. And then you can, once you learn to ride that bicycle, you can ride a tandem bicycle. Then you can invite him into the process and share that experience with him. But I, I think more than anything, let's just, all have sympathy for our spouses who have either erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation or inability to experience orgasm. I can't fathom how destructive it is to a person's self-esteem when they don't feel as if they have control right. over when they ejaculate, over when they orgasm, over how long they last or don't last. Or you know, it,
0: or even if they'll be able to.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and that anxiety that comes along with it That's not something I would wish on my worst enemy. And I'm not saying it's the end of the world and I'm not saying it's not something you can over, you can't overcome. I'm just saying, let's have a little sympathy for our spouses that do struggle in this area. And if you're someone who struggles in this area, invite your spouse onto your team To to help you figure out what's really going on here, either physically or psychologically or emotionally, because there are remedies. There there are ways to work around every one of these issues that we've talked about, right, Corey?
0: There are. And it starts with just letting go of an attachment to an outcome. And I like that. And realizing, okay, this is a process. You know, whatever likely if it's not a physical thing, okay, it be very clear. I want to be very clear on that, because there are medical things that happen in life. That can be side effects for medication, can be side effects for something that's happened, can be something that's a result of trauma or abuse. I mean, there's all kinds of things that play out in our life. We all carry baggage. Yep. But if it's not that, it's a learned something. And so it takes a while to unlearn it. And it's not like you intentionally went in to learn it like you were talking about, Shannon. It's just this is the fallout of some of the things we do in life. And so we have to learn, relearn things, and if I can let go of an attachment to an outcome of, oh, well, I need to just have an orgasm quick so I feel more like a man and realize, wait, I can let this unfold slowly. I got a lot of time with this woman. I can, you know, because this isn't about just being able to have sex every time you want because I think most of, the t- most of the stuff I've found is that if you have sex every day, it's not as enjoyable as if there's some time in between. That's that idea of absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. That when you have space between you, the moments that you have together are better. And so this is about learning how to be a better lover, a better husband, a better wife, not just, oh, I just need to be able to operate accurately, you know? So when you can just allow things to be relearned and reprogrammed, if you will, and continue that connection, continue that dialogue, and even also increase your connection outside of the sexual side of things. Because this is what, we're, what, what I think I'm really talking about here, Shannon. It's not sexual technique. It's learning to connect with another person. Right. And when you start there, sexual technique comes into play at some point, but that's not the point. The point is learning to connect with someone you love and care about and then follow that connection to wherever it goes.
1: And it's so funny that when we first learned about sex growing up and we envisioned what sex and marriage was going to be like, I don't think that any of us envisioned that it would require so much mental energy and emotional <laughs> understanding yep. and willingness to connect and all these uh, conversations and communication and all this navigation. And But the reality is, is this is how it is throughout your life, because just when we figure it out in one season, the season changes yep. and we have to figure out different ways to, you know, to pleasure one another or to be pleasured. Uh, I think every season of life brings its own unique challenges. And so we just, if we haven't learned to have these conversations with our spouse yet, well, it's about dang time because it's not something that's going to change. I think with every decade of life, the conversation shifts, it changes. Yeah. And that's okay.
0: Yeah. It's okay. And it's, it's being able, I don't know, just being comfortable enough in your own skin to speak about your own weaknesses. <laughs> and that's,
1: in your own vulnerabilities right. and desires and, and needs.
0: And to not blame your spouse for them is yes. huge. To Be- take
1: responsibility right. for your own pleasure and to take responsibility for becoming a student of right. your spouse's needs and desires.
0: Right. I mean, man, how sexy is that
1: when you, when you look
0: at it with married life in the long run? I mean, that's, that's what we're proponents of when it comes to sexy yep. marriage radio. And that's what we want for you.
1: A lifetime of exploration and discovery and passion and pleasure. Absolutely. That's what Sexy Marriage is
0: all about. Absolutely. Well, if, if we've left something undone, send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We love hearing from our listeners. And anything goes. Fire away if you got something on your mind you want to talk about. Well, thank you for spending some time with us. Shout out to CovenantSpice.com. If you leave the word Woo-hoo. radio in the, bu- in the button in the area when you check out, you get 10% off. We'll see you, you next go. time. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.